This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Tuesday, November 5th, 2013. I'm Caleb Brown. The Employment Non-Discrimination Act, now being debated in Congress, would add new groups to the so-called protected classes in employment law. Walter Olson, a senior fellow at the Cato Institute, argues that the act would further turn the workplace into a legalistic environment. And it's not clear the act would, in the end, help the groups it's supposed to protect. ENDA is the Employment Non-Discrimination Act. It has been around in one form or another for 30 years or so. And uh, in a nutshell, it would add sexual orientation, uh, gender expression, and a few similar categories to the list of protected groups that, that, uh, under federal law, employers are not supposed to take into account uh, in hiring, firing, and everything that comes in between. Now, the bill has come close to passing once or twice before, but uh, this is its most serious chance to pass. The U.S. Senate last night uh, passed it by quite a wide margin with, I believe, seven or so Republicans supporting it along with uh, all or more or less all the Democrats. Uh, It now goes to the House where it is not considered to have uh, very good chances of passing right away. um, uh, Speaker Boner does not want to... um, Uh, bring it up to the floor, and I don't believe uh, he will have to. And yet the politics of the issue, and and you really need to separate the politics from the policy or or from the philosophy on this, the politics of the issue um, are at a point where the Republican Party feels beaten up and perhaps with good reason for being perceived as uh, always against gay people, always against marriage, always against uh, letting uh, gay people serve in the military, you name it, they're against it. And um, politically, uh, a lot of Republicans have realized this is not a place they want to be in, especially with uh, opinion differing quite sharply between uh, the older Republican base and most people under 40 and especially people under 30. So as I say, it, uh, let's save the policy considerations for a moment, but as a political matter, uh, a lot of Republicans, including not just Northeastern Republicans like Susan Collins, but also Orrin Hatch from Utah. Many people never imagined they would live to see the day when Orrin Hatch uh, would sign on to a gay rights bill, and yet uh, this is what has happened with ENDA. Now, uh, for libertarians and probably many conservatives and many liberals, free association is a very important value. Right, and that is why uh, libertarians start out uh, not seeing this simply as a question of, well, are you in favor of, um, you know, that bring this group onto the stage socially and, uh, you know, d- taking away discrimination and persecution? Uh, libertarians can say, uh, yes, of course, we're in favor of this social revolution that has brought gays into American life and uh, enabled gays to feel. They can be open in the workplace. However, um, it's a different kettle of fish to have the government uh, give orders barbed by legal penalties of various sorts. And we know a couple of things. We know that the list of protected groups has been growing and growing and growing. Important ones like age and uh, disability uh, and smaller ones like marital status and pregnancy. And the uh, many others are waiting in the wings potentially to be added. And as this happens, the workplace becomes a more and more legalized kind of place in which employers have to ask lawyers' advice 
uh, for one very simple reason, which is most of these laws are invoked when someone is being fired or in trouble in the workplace in some other way. And it's only human nature uh, for someone whose job is on the line to think, well, that isn't because of anything I did wrong. It's because I'm older or because I've got arthritis and they can't handle uh, the, the accommodations I need or because I'm gay. And so uh, it is grist for a lot of uh, – potential disputes about was I treated the same way, uh, you know, wasn't that person welcomed in more, uh, which turn into uh, expensive legal disputes. And for employers, again, it's not the burden of adding one. It is the cumulative burden of all of a sudden nearly everyone's in a protected group. Uh, we joke about, oh, well, I'm in three and you're in four, so they'll never <laughs> try to get rid of you. And and that is why uh, libertarians' objection is not always the same as that of religious conservatives, for example, who are typically more upset about uh, what they see as the normalization of gays proceeding yet another step. Uh, the uh, to me, that social trend has already left the station. Uh, uh, it is going to happen whatever Congress does on end. So the equivalence essentially between uh – favoring a particular group or having essentially no problem with a particular group is uh, made equivalent to supporting this kind of legislation. Yeah. And you see this logic both from uh, supporters of ENDA uh, and from opponents, which is uh, that somehow or other the uh, passage of a law, uh, an anti-discrimination law, um, uh, is uh, the one and only equivalent of social approval. And it makes me think of The Wizard of Oz uh, in which, remember at the end, uh, it couldn't actually give the scarecrow intelligence, couldn't actually give the tin man a heart uh, or, or the cowardly lion a uh, courage, but instead he gave them little medals and scrolls and pronouncements. And suddenly uh, they felt just as good as if he had given them the real thing. Now, um, when we treat laws that way, again, we feel good just as everyone felt good uh, when the the cowardly lion was given his courage, but nothing really had changed. And perhaps uh, when it's a law, um, something it's worse than just nothing has changed. Perhaps there are um, there's more friction in the gears. Perhaps there is less liberty. So you mentioned uh, making the workplace a more legalized environment. Practically, what does that typically mean? for employers, for employees, or how has that played out with other uh, now protected groups? Well, part of it is paperwork and bureaucracy and being careful. Uh, for example, employers will have some reason to keep track of how many employees they have in each category, something that's not particularly problematic when it comes to keeping track of ages, maybe problematic when it comes to um, nudging people, hey, we still don't know what your sexual orientation is. <laughs> How about letting us please keep, fill out keep this records form. of that? Thank yeah. you. Um, and and part of it is the um, uh, reaction to perceived fear. And uh, let me point to a couple of other areas that I think have clearly backfired in employment law. Uh, age discrimination law was enacted amid much hoopla about 
uh, the trouble that older workers had in uh, finding new jobs if they were displaced. Well, that's gotten worse. Uh, the plight of displaced 60-year-old workers has gotten worse since they passed age discrimination law. And one major reason for that is that companies think, oh, uh, what if she doesn't work out? She's going to need a buyout or something, uh, something they don't think about a 35-year-old. Um, the disabled, when the ADA was passed, uh, again, uh, not only proponents but also critics of the ADA expected that uh, there would be more disabled people in the workforce. How could there not be? People were going to stop discriminating against them. And yet, uh, the percentage of disabled who had jobs plunged after ADA. So uh, the strong version of the claim is that you can actually observe some negative discrimination that has been caused by the law. The, the weak version of the claim is just you can't observe a positive uh, correlation. But um, you know, the, the least you can say is that these things sure don't seem to work the way they were intended a lot of the time. Walter Olson is a senior fellow at the Cato Institute. You can read more of his work at his blog, overlawyered.com and cato.org.